again. I'm Bill DeVille. Welcome to the all-new Music Heads. In this installment, we'll have a chat with Rhett Miller of Old 97s about a couple things he's been listening to in our guest list feature. We'll chat with Barb Abney about one of her favorites in Essentials. Co-music director Melanie Walker will pay us a visit in The Next Big Thing. And in our music meeting, we'll discuss the dream folk sounds of Marissa Nadler. But first, it's time for the music cast. Jill Riley is in the house. It's time now for the music cast. How you doing, Jill? I'm doing well. Uh, yesterday we were celebrating on the morning show. Uh, we were celebrating the 30th anniversary of the launch of MTV, and we were having some fun just looking back on like the first day of MTV mm-hmm. and some of the videos that played. In fact, there's a whole list on a Wikipedia. You just have was to it, Google it. Wasn't the first one "Video Killed the Radio Star"? Yeah, mm-hmm. "Video Killed the Radio Star," and then the second one was uh, Pat Benatar. If anybody ever asks you, uh, you know, who, what was the artist that had the second video on MTV, you can come back and say Pat Benatar. Right. Um, MTV is celebrating its 30th anniversary this week, and the cable network is reviving its late-night alternative music show. Remember 120 Minutes? Used to be required TV for me on Sunday nights. For sure. Now, it's not going to be on straight-up MTV. And there's not enough room to deviate from, uh, you know, reality show programming. Right, right. But uh, Matt Pinfield will return as the host, and the first first episode actually aired uh, last Saturday, July 30th on MTV2. And PJ Harvey was on, Dave Grohl, Cults, Das Racist, Sleigh Bells, and Black Angels. So uh, I might have to uh, see if I can subscribe to MTV2. Might have to, I might have to up that cable. Video shooting at a George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic gig last Saturday night has left one dead and three injured, according to reports. Did you hear about this? I, I saw I this across the wire. Story. The music legend was performing at the Family Unity in the Park event in Cleveland, Ohio, when a gunman opened fire in the crowd. Uh, police apparently confirmed that a 16-year-old was shot in the head, while another was hit in the neck and two others in the leg. However, there have not been any arrests over the incident, so that's, that's too bad. we'll have to follow up on that story. Mm-hmm. It seems as though there may be some internal problems with Kings of Leon. Kings of Leon have canceled the remainder of their summer tour after a pretty disastrous show in Dallas last Friday. Due to the band's commitments abroad, their U.S. shows will not be rescheduled. Tickets for those gigs will be refunded at their point of purchase or automatically refunded if ordered online. Leading bassist Jared Falwell of Kings of Leon admitted that the band are dealing with some big problems. A statement on the venue's website, woodlandcenter.org, said that singer Caleb Falwell is suffering from heat exhaustion and dehydration. But Jared is telling the fans that it might be more than that. On his Twitter page, which you can follow it at Young. Followell, Jared Followell, appeared to mock his brother hmm. and revealed the band were dealing with internal issues. So it may be more than the heat exhaustion and dehydration. It's funny, Jill. What is it about uh, brothers and bands? Oasis, Black Crows, the Kinks. Yeah, maybe it doesn't work. <laughs> or it works only for a little while. I think that's I mean, it. if you grow up together fighting, maybe that's just going to bleed into adult yeah. life as well. <laughs> uh, but he wrote, I love our fans so much. I know you guys aren't stupid. I can't lie. There are problems in our band bigger than and not drinking enough Gatorade. Uh, well, the story was uh, Caleb walked off stage at a show in Dallas last Friday night after complaining of vocal problems. He told fans he was headed backstage to vomit and grab another beer. <laughs> okay. 
uh, promising to return for three more songs, but ultimately failed to return to the stage. Uh, Jared took to the stage to apologize for the no-show, and really the fact that they were ending a little early, and said Caleb was a little unfit to carry on with the gig. Hate Caleb, not us, he told the jeering crowd. Hmm. He later tweeted that there were internal sicknesses and problems in the band. Well, uh, you know, first bird droppings and... <laughs> I was gonna mention that. Now Caleb not coming back to the stage, so... <laughs> well, eventually, you know what, eventually when, you know, you have a band, you know, it's become so successful and you've constantly been on tour, there's bound to be a few issues. Yeah. You better learn to crawl. You better learn to Albarn, you know him from Blur, Gorillas, The Good, The Bad, and The Queen, and uh, you know, a number of projects. You know, as if he isn't busy enough, he's working on yet another project. This one involves a number of producers uh, visiting the Democratic Republic of Congo to create a new album for Oxfam in seven days. The DRC group includes Albarn, plus just a number of names. It's a long list, including uh, Dan the Automator, Gennaro Jarrell, uh, Richard Russell, actress, and the list goes on and on and you can hear a sample of that upcoming project just go to our website just go to the current.org slash music heads i see he also has an album that he's making i'm kind of curious about this one along with flea and tony allen the legendary afrobeat drummer that could be kind of cool i think he's like one of those uh jack white types where is, if you're not involved with 10 projects at once maybe you get bored mm-hmm. yeah. Amy Winehouse News, uh, a spokesperson for Amy Winehouse's family, has revealed that she recorded some songs before her death, and um, they, they have a lot to do with her relationship and divorce from Blake Fielder Civil. Um, according to the Mail on Sunday, the material that the late singer had been working on as the follow-up to her 2006 album Back to Black was as autobiographical as ever and dealt with the end of her relationship with her former husband. Sources also told the newspaper that the material would be released next year using vocals from the singer and some contributions from her friends, as it was, uh, you know, an unfinished project and that the proceeds would be donated to the Amy Winehouse Foundation and that's the charity that her father Mitch Winehouse wants to set up to help people overcome addiction. For you I was a flame Love is a losing game Five story fire as you record. I can't believe it's been five years since it's Back crazy, to Black came out. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the charts, um, even the uh, like international charts, even looking at our local album charts for Minneapolis, St. Paul, Amy Winehouse, Back to Black is uh, at number seven. Yeah, death always good for business. Yep, so that's what's selling. And yeah, um, if you take a look at like Billboard charts, her, uh, her record Frank is back on the charts as well. So if we take a look at the local album charts, what's selling in Minneapolis, St. Paul right now? Well, at number one, a Record 21. No surprise there. Uh, at number two, here's something that 
kind of surprises me, but at the same time, it doesn't really surprise me. Kids music is a big seller. Let's not forget that. Kids bop kids. And, and kids kid, bop 20. Yeah, and kids don't have uh, iPods yet at that age, you know, at uh, three or four. Yeah, so, yeah, so you want a physical CD? Exactly. <laughs> um, also, taking a look at the charts, uh, Bon Iver, that self-titled record, is at number five. No surprise there, considering uh, so selling out two shows at the Orpheum Theater. Yeah, um, and of course, Amy Winehouse is at number seven with Back to Black. Thanks for dropping by, Joe. Pleasure sure. chatting with you. We'll do it again. New in stores this week, singer-songwriter Richard Buckner is back with a new album called Our Blood on the Merge label. Drive-by Trekkers have a new Best Of album. Fountains of Wayne's new album is Sky Full of Holes. Also a new one from John Hyatt. Keb Moe has a new one, first in five years. Polly Styrene sadly didn't get to see her CD release. She passed away five months ago. And her new album is called Ghoulish. She was once the singer of the punk rock band X-Ray Specs. Hamina Serenyana, new self-titled album from the artist from Mexico. Viva Brothers' famous last word is out. And the Wood Brothers' smoke ring halo as well. And sit tight. The next big thing is coming up with Melanie Walker here in a jiffy. First, we'll check out a track from Arcade Fire. They have a new CD DVD out called Scenes from the Suburbs with two new songs. And here's one of the newbies. This one features David Byrne. It's called Speaking in Tongues here on Music Heads. I'm Bill DeVille, and this is Music Heads. It's now time to check who's going to be the next big thing with our co-music director, Melanie Walker. What do you got this week, Mel? I've got this band, Bill, that you're familiar with because we're playing them here right. at the station. It's a band called Cults. started out back in 2010 as just kind of a fun project for this duo. It's Brian Oblivion is one of the guys who's actually formerly of this band called Willows. Yeah, they did a little touring around the country, and I think we even touched on them here at The Current as yeah, well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we did play them just a little bit. It's kind of like really heavy. Long-haired guy, guitar. indie rock. <laughs> yeah, generic, but good. Yeah. And then um, Madeline Fallen, who are both students at New York University. That's where they met. Um, they were in film school together. They're actually both from San Diego as well. But they just began making music in their spare time to share with their friends, and they threw some tracks up on um, Bandcamp, which is a really popular space for people right. to post their music, sell their music that they make. And um, they really rose to like indie stardom almost overnight back in, in 2010 after releasing this little EP. And they 
there was this track that came out called Go Outside. It became like this gem, this indie gem of the blogosphere. And everybody was talking about cults, cults, cults. I remember back in um, March of this year, we went to South by Southwest and they were one of the hot new tickets to see down at the music conference in Austin, Texas. And, um, and there's not really a lot to them, Bill. They don't have a big history. They don't have a big musical background. Um, they're really starting out and, and starting out on the right foot. I really feel like after they've signed to Columbia Records now for their new self-released album, they're really set to be poised as one of the next big indie acts to emerge from the music scene. So let's talk about the album. How would you d- describe their sound? You know, they're kind of nostalgic pop. They, right. You know, there's a lot of hints of kind of old um, retro stuff from the 60s yeah, and 70s. Yeah, kind of doo sounds in their music. Yeah, like, like the yeah. Shangri-Las, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of that Phil Spector kind of big wall of wall sound. Wall of sound stuff, yeah. Yeah, and her, her vocal stylings are very reminiscent of that era as well. But, you know, Brian um, comes from a real big surf rock background, and Madeline comes from this punk rock background. And I think the two of them combined really create a nice balance. You know, there's a lot of groups out there right now that kind of have this psychedelic indie pop sound going on right now like Vivian Girls and Best Coast and um, you know I don't know if those acts are going to go on to be folks who come out with a, a sophomore album that really takes them to the next level but I feel like Colts being signed to the big label and um, having all this buzz right from the get go they're really set to become possibly one of the best new indie acts. Did, have you seen this band? Did you see them when you were at South by Southwest? I did see them at South by Southwest. Do they pull it off live? They do do pull it off live. They're really great live. Um, they had a few more players with yeah. them uh, to actually pull off the live performance. You know, another funny thing about this band, Bill, is um, I, I think because they're they're so uh, quirky and creative being film students, as, as film students kind of are, they went ahead and, and named themselves cults, but they also included these strange voices that you'll hear in the background on, on the record sometimes. Like, I, I'll hear these, I heard these voices, and I was like, I wonder who those background vocalists are. And it just happened happens to be um, actually samples of famous cult leaders like <laughs> they somehow took these samples of these people like Charles Manson and Jim Jones and Patty Hearst and 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 work them into their songs so there's this really sweet effervescent like pop sound that they have but it's also kind of dark that's kind of creepy and creepy the whole idea is just a little bit it is creepy. A, yeah I'm, I'm not quite sure <laughs> that I get that balance yet but you know they make it work so what song do you want to check out from the new album? There's a couple of tracks yeah. that are really big standout tracks, but my favorite on the album is the song called Abducted. It starts out whispering. It's really a delicate beginning, and then it just explodes um, into this kind of Phil Spector wall of sound, and I just love that about this track. Thanks for dropping by, Melanie. Thanks for having me, Bill. Stay tuned. we got the guest list coming up. First, let's check out Cults here on Music Heads. This is Music Heads from 89.3 The Current. I'm joined by Rhett Miller from the band The Old 97s, and it's time again for the guest list. How's everything going in your world? Great, great. A lot of touring, a lot of rock and roll. Sounds good. So what in the world have you been listening to of late? 
Um, it's funny. My favorite couple of bands are a couple of bands that we've taken out with us in, mm-hmm. the, in the recent past. There's a band called the David Wax Museum. Yeah, the, from uh, Philadelphia or, or yeah, Rhode Island or they, somewhere out they east, They live right? up in, the Mass- in Massachusetts okay. outside of Boston mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it's, it's primarily David and Suze, this couple. Right. And, um, and they're just great, man. It's, it's, it, it's hard to describe. There's elements of like Mexican folk music. Yeah. Um, Suze uh, plays, spends a lot of time playing a, a, I forget what the name of the instrument is, but it's a jawbone of a donkey. She's actually hmm. holding a huge <laughs> jawbone and hitting it with a stick. Don't tell PETA. I know, I know. Although she had some explanation why it's okay with PETA. <laughs> but, um, but they're great. They've got a record out this year called Everything is Saved that, mm-hmm. and, that I think is just so beautiful. Now, they've won awards in Boston for like best new band and stuff. Too, oh, good. They? Or America, Americana Awards they should. or something. Yeah. They deserve it, man. Mm-hmm. They're a great, great act. I was born. Broken-hearted boy, give or take an ounce And the world would give me a break Waiting ready to pounce I was born with a broken heart With a broken heart, she was broken I was born with a broken heart With a broken heart, she was broken Ooh, in two And, um, and then there's a band... Um, that is not a folk music band at all. It's a band out of Murfreesboro, Tennessee, called Those Darlings. Ah, they, they were with you the last time. I was mentioning that I couldn't make it to the show because I missed the bus. The and blizzard. The blizzard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they opened up. They mm-hmm. opened. They barely made the show. They were super late. And um, God, they're so great though. They. Uh, it's three girls up front and a and a guy back on drums. Yeah. And um, they all kind of swap off uh, the vocal duties. They've got a, a new record out called Screws Get Loose, and I'm a huge fan. I play it all the yeah. time, and we. We, yeah, we, we play with them whenever we can because they're just fun. And they really remind me of the old 97s, circa 95, 96. You know, just they're scrappy. Scrappy and yeah. willing to do whatever. They mm-hmm. like they work hard, they drive all night, and they, you know, it looks like they're living a really crazy party lifestyle, but really they're working hard. Yeah. So I, I give it up for them. They're great. Any song in particular you'd like to listen to from. Uh... Um, well, Be Your Bro is a pretty fun yeah. track, but but I think the more radio-friendly one might be the title track, Screws Get Loose. All right. Rhett, thanks so much for dropping by. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is Music Heads in 89.3 The Current. for the music meeting here on 89.3 The Current, our local show and uh, Radio Free Current host, David Campbell's here. Hi, David. Great to be here, Bill. Nice to have you. And Lindsay Kimball, our programming coordinator and late night host here, too. Hey, thanks, Bill. My pleasure. Marissa Nadler is an artist from Boston, Massachusetts. She grew up in an arty household. Her mother was an abstract painter and her brother was a musician who ultimately taught her how to play the guitar. She began to play it a lot after he went off to college. She studied painting in college and became an art teacher for a while in Harlem. Then she got the itch to make some music. She eventually made an album and an EP that never saw the light of day, but ultimately released her first album in 2004. She was nominated for several awards. She won Outstanding Singer-Songwriter of the Year in the 2008 Boston Music Awards. And by the time she released her next one, 
He was getting a ton of great press, including uh, great reviews from magazines like Mojo, Pitchfork, and Rolling Stone. Music's full of melancholia, which he does quite well. It's a dreamy kind of folk music. You can hear as much Joni Mitchell as Beth Orton in her sound. The new album is simply called Marissa Nadler. She released one herself on her own label and financed it through Kickstarter. And first, Lindsay, is it working for you? I have yes with a qualifier. Yeah. So this album's full of a lot of contrast. You've mm-hmm. got uh, this delicate, ethereal, feathery thing with her vocal and her guitar picking. But then she's just dark, lush, expansive, kind of going on at the same time. So I, I kind of, com- uh, I'd like to um, compare this record to a big tray of brownies. <laughs> They're delicious. I love mm-hmm. them all. But yeah. I only want one at a time. Yeah, I'm not going to sit you. down and listen to the whole record all at once, because I will leave that in a complete, uh, my headspace would be somewhere else. I can only handle this in... What kind a of brownies of are you talking about? Well, <laughs> with a lot of chocolate. You, you know what, though? The metaphor applies both ways. Does, you only yeah. want to have one piece or yeah. you're going to be in trouble. I think so. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I mean, I like how uh, I like how delicate some of her songs can be. and um, I particularly like how on um, Baby, I Will Leave You in the Morning, she's kind of lamenting the end of a relationship and kind of coming to terms with the fact that, yeah, you screwed that up a little bit and she wished she hadn't done that. So I kind of appreciate a song where you can put um, something that's kind of universal in the lot of people can relate to in your own words um i also like how she throws in lap steel and kind of has that all country yeah. sound mm-hmm. yet she has like uh, a lot of strings and whatnot to kind of give it that deeper sound so that's stuff i really appreciate about what she's doing with this record baby i will leave you in the morning day i won't know what you say with some days are running stage lights I don't really know another way Baby, you need to set me free Baby, you need to set me Yeah, the track that you just mentioned, Baby, I Will Leave You in the Morning, I like her busier production more so than the really spare production. That one was almost reminiscent of, yeah, what Beth Orton did with the kind of atmospheric qualities to to the production and all. So I thought that was far more interesting than the songs that are just kind of her and the guitar. Yeah, she's got some of the quirky quirky Joanna Newsom Mm -hmm. type sound, especially Mm -hmm. on the last track, uh, Daisy, Where'd You Go? But then she's kind of like Sharon Van Etten sometimes, and that's more of the alt-country part that you get out of what she's doing. And then at the same time, she can be a little too... Spacey dark. Yeah. <laughs> Especially on, uh, I mean, I like the song, The Sun Always Reminds Me of You, but you know what? That's such a cheesy title. It, it is a little bit cheesy, but I think that was one of the most interesting songs on the album. It has that, you mentioned the pedal steel. It's all over that one. Yeah, that, that, that part's song really is, interesting. Yeah. The last minute is really interesting when she stops singing and the pedal steel starts. <laughs> so, okay, I'm getting a, a vibe here, Dave, that you weren't such a fan of that album. Could that be true? Uh, I, your, your brownie metaphor is right on the money. Yeah, I think There's so. pieces of this thing that I, like, I really enjoyed. But she is heavy, man. Mm-hmm. She is super heavy. And also, too, as much as I got to say, the voice is pleasant. I mean, a lot of people say really great things about her as a vocalist. And usually I love the breathy, airy delivery, especially with the production that they, the way that they produced her voice. Um, but I found this thing, like, annoying, like, annoyingly precious. And it, the tepid delivery is almost tedious to me. And something about the way that she 
vocalizes sounds like that line that I made you guys listen to before we started here on Mr. John Lee revisited me clad in velveteen. I, like when I heard that, I was just like, oh my gosh. She's taking herself too it. seriously. Oh, she is so serious. And Or like in Wind Up Doll, she, she says the words click and clack, but it's like click and clack. She you wants know, to be it's, like it's, Bjork or something. Oh my, I don't know what she's doing. It's this, it's this affected... It's almost the first third of the record. It, I swear to you, she's singing with what appears to be an affected speech impediment. Like it's totally, it's not because it, it disappears. You know, when you get to "Baby, I'll Leave You in the Morning," it's the way she approaches her art, though. Dude. Yeah, yeah. And and here's the thing: there's nothing wrong with that. That's awesome. This is mm-hmm. a woman who's in the eighty percent club. This is a woman who gets bees every time out from Pitchfork. People like these records, you know. She got dropped by a record label. She put it out on her own. People supported it. And she's, put this, it. it's not just an American yeah. thing. This is all over the world. It's right just now. not for me. Yeah. And I something about uh, somebody I have to, for me to be really fond of and want to listen to a whole record like this. These songs would be great for you know a mix somewhere that you'd pass on to a friend. But a whole record of this dark, heavy stuff is just oppressive and. For me to be able to really like a record in that way, I have to have a strong connection with the person. You know, I have to not only like the way they sing and not only write like what they write, but I have to, I have to, you know, the idealized version of them in my mind, I have to really find them appealing to me. And I find her tedious mm-hmm. completely. Hmm. The band, though, I want to steal them. Yeah. Put them with somebody else who writes different songs because the production on this record is great. I mean, this is a beautiful sounding record. There's a lot of really good things here. Just something about her approach to songwriting and singing really got under There's my nothing skin. light and airy in it in that. There's no like quick pop gem. Yeah. For sake of a better, for well, lack of I, I a think better the term, like the radio remind, Yeah, I think the, the sun always reminds me of you. It fits that. But the thing about that is it's a universal thought. And that song seems like it could be like written pre-World War II, you know? So it's not really an original thought. I mean, yeah. the sun always reminds that's There's, or something there's from been a million songs He doesn't think about that. you at night, evidently. Yeah. <laughs> something from the Muppets. I mean, that. that's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I don't, it's a, it's a, I mean, I, I don't know. I would, I would always follow and I would always investigate because there's some really good stuff on here. Like I, I actually, I found Wedding really charming. Give me a chance, Some of the the way that there they, were some really druggy atmospherics in that this one. This is I kind of a stony record. There's yeah. like they use a lot of, especially in uh, "Baby I'll Leave You in the Morning." There's there's like these washes of phasey keyboards and almost like a sticks, you know, e, uh, ELP kind of like weird synth line going on in the background that seemed at first totally out of out of place, but then. The more I listened to it, I was like, this is a really great idea. Or the xylophone or vibes and Puppet Master at the end there. Yeah. Really great choices uh, instrumentally on this record. You know, oftentimes, you know, al- al- albums that are kind of folky sort of oriented scare me away because there's twee little things. 
This one doesn't give me that. It, it mixes it up nicely. It, it's you know, and I agree with both of what you say, but I think it has, and we, we all kind of agree that it does have its moments. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, and you know, and props to the people that love this. Nothing wrong with that either. No, not at all. Yeah, Marissa Nadler. It's a self-titled album, and this is Music Heads from '89.3 The Current. Thank you so much for joining me, Dave and uh, Lindsay. Thank you. Yes, great, great and to be here. Uh, we're gonna check out. The sun always reminds me of you. What does the sun always remind me of you? Yes, it does. I hope a new day will come and cover up what I've done. What does the sun always remind me of you? I would know that there ain't nothing but love songs on the radio. Listening to Music Heads, music news for music lovers. It's time now for the essentials where we let you know what records are must have to any Music Heads collection. Barb Abney, our midday host, is here to join us. Barb, what album should we talk about today? We've got to talk about Nevermind. I think so. It's coming up on the 20 year anniversary, isn't it? Right? It's next month. Mm-hmm. It's like the mid- middle of next month. And, you know, when I think of Nevermind, I, I think of this record as like a band-aid for me. It was like a band-aid from poison to more alternative music. Poison? Well, that's what I was listening to out in rural Ohio in 1991, you know? You, I was, you and most of the world, though, Bob. Yeah, and yeah. before this record came out, there were four commercial alternative radio stations in yeah. the country. And then this record came out and kind of changed the face of that. And personally, I was going through a change in my life. I was uh, dis- I was deciding what I wanted to be as I grew up. And uh, I had just gotten divorced, and <laughs> my son and I had just moved in with my parents. And I was starting back to school, changing my waitressing job, and listening to this record as you know I'm driving back and forth to work and at first it was like it was on a rock station Mm -hmm. but then I was told you know what you can listen to this music on this station too and which introduced me to this radio station that I knew nothing about and it was um, you know it was immediately it was smells like teen spirit which one of the top 10 intros ever right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. one of just the best intros ever and I had no idea what they were saying forever I actually looked those lyrics up I think I bought a song hits maybe to find the lyrics so that I would have any clue of what they were saying and it was just it it was a different type of music and it it was still you know it, it had the rock and it was a little angrier than stuff that I was normally accustomed to mm-hmm. it wasn't all Camaros and booze and hairspray and it was you know there, there were there was booze still involved and maybe a Camaro but they probably crashed the windows out I don't know it was it was just such an incredible turnaround in music at that time Mm-hmm. I still remember where I was the very first time I heard the song. I was, you know, driving down University Avenue in, in St. Paul, and uh, there it was. What in the world is this? I've never heard anything <laughs> quite like it. And then I heard the surf guitars in the song, and, and it's one of those songs that seems like it has different different parts to the I'll song. It's like I couldn't wait for the next one, and, and it was just, it blew my mind. I thought it was fantastic. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I may not listen to it as often these days as I did back then, but it's still, I mean, everybody should own Nevermind. Yeah. Everybody should yeah. have it. And um, have you looked at all of this deluxe packaging they're about to put out? I have not. No, what's the story? Is there bonus tracks and it's, demos and the like? It is insane. It is insane. Yeah. Now, I don't know what the, the cost on this is going to be. The first CD is going to feature all of Nevermind as we've known it, right. but it's going to have endless nameless 
as a numbered track, which is going to take a little time to get used to because, you oh, know, that it's that the, hidden the, track. The bonus track. That, that was a, the early days of the actual bonus track. Right. When it was actually kind of fun. And then everybody did it after that. And then it was, yeah. <laughs> or it was like track 99. You just yeah. had to keep. And um, But it's going to have its own little number. And then they're going to put all the B-sides and some live tunes on there as well. So that's just the first CD in the remastering. And then they've got um, CD2 is the stuff that they recorded, you know, in different sessions and studios. Butch Vig recorded some of them over in Madison. And then there were some that were recorded um, in the band's actual rehearsal space. And then some that were recorded for John Peel's radio show in the UK and the BBC. And then um, one that was on the Radio 1 radio show with Mark uh, Goodyear. And then there's more. But wait, there's more. There's um, the Super Deluxe Edition, which has uh, the Nevermind remastered and B-sides. And then those Smart Sessions, Boombox Rehearsals, and BBC Sessions. And then the Devonshire mixes that are Butch Vig that put them together as he was doing production for the band for them to get a taste of. And I guess the band rejected it or decided not to go with those. So now you will have everything from the Nirvana sessions. For the Nirvana completist, you won't have it all until you have this. What is it about <laughs> the band that you liked? What, what was it first caught your ear, you think? Was it, the, well, the honesty in the songs of Kurt Cobain? Or? It was... I think it was that they were dealing with material that I wasn't used to hearing people talk about. You know, yeah. they, they were, you know, and they openly kind of, you know, made fun of people that were listening to their music that didn't get it. So, and it was different for me to hear something like that. A little vim and vigor and it changed how I listened to music. So Yeah, I did that for many people. You know, mm-hmm. first first thing you see was the cover, you know. And it's, fun, <laughs> it's funny to see like the covers of Spin Magazine. Now they have the adult baby on there you know is he clothed <laughs> he's clothed, okay yeah. i he haven't seen sw- that he yet has a swim trunks on <laughs> <laughs> I, I you know it's one of those records that you know you should have and 20 years later maybe you know if you're not going to go out and buy the super deluxe package or whatever you should at least you know on that weekend before or something spend some time with it and remember where you were because nirvana opened up my mind to different music and like you know just the more i got into them the more Pearl Jam came along, you know, yeah. and then, um, well, Hole, of course. Yeah, and all these bands that got signed, you know, your Sonic Youths and your Meat Puppets and all these bands that got signed, and there's so many forgotten bands that were signed, and there was this whole signing frenzy in Seattle, too. We haven't even mentioned your Mother Love Bones and, and uh, Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam, and, and, uh, you know, Soundgarden, And there's that next Tad. wave, the, the next wave of bands, too, that came along, Stone Temple Pilots. Oh, and, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was just amazing, the signing frenzy, all because of this one band from Aberdeen, Washington, that kind of came out of nowhere and sort of reinvented the possibility. Absolutely. Yeah. So what song do you want us to listen to from the album, Barb? I think that we should listen to In Bloom. Thanks so much for dropping by. This has been The Essentials here on 89.3 The Current. So let's check it out. This is music from Nirvana here on Music Head.
It's been Music Heads from 89.3 The Current from Minnesota Public Radio. I want to thank today's guests, Jill Riley and Melanie Walker, David Campbell, Lindsey Kimball, and Barb Abney. Props to Rhett Miller of the Old 97s for sharing some of the music he loves with us. Special thanks to executive producer Melanie Walker and Derek Stevens for helping to make this show happen. And thank you for joining me. We'll wrap up this week's show with a sneak peek from Annie Clark, who is better known as St. Vincent. She has a new album out in September, which will be her third to date, called Strange Mercy. And incidentally, she just announced a show at the Walker's McGuire Theater October 2nd. Here's this week's closer. It's called Surgeon from St. Vincent. Surgeon, conquer me open.